Lo mejor, lo más impactante está por venir en Tu vida es mi vida. De lunes a viernes a las 8 por Univision. It seems like the guilt about not being able to breastfeed your baby is a constant theme among new mothers. The pressure to do what your body is supposed to do and the emotions involved when, for whatever reason you can't, are heavy and complex. How and where do we begin to normalize all feeding when it comes to nourishing our babies? Today we talk to a super mama who took matters into her own hands, Laura Modi, co-founder and CEO of Bobby Formula, because she believes our babies deserve the very best we could provide. We read the books, we bought the things. We thought we were ready. And then life took our plans and changed them. I'm Karen, I'm Victoria's mommy, and I work in tech. And I'm Pamela. I have a baby boy named Ford, and I'm a journalist. And although we're both first-time working moms, We're actually pretty different. And that's totally okay. Because we both agree that our most important work is raising our kids. We really need each other and can only get through this together. Welcome to Motherish Moments. So welcome to Motherish Moments. Woo-hoo. So excited. I'm always excited, but I'm extra excited today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. First of all, I feel like this topic, it resonates with me a lot because I am someone who when the time came to get formula for Victoria I was not pleased with what I found in the market so I'm excited to talk about this and get to know Laura. I know I'm excited to learn because I know you became a little bit of a formula guru expert like you really did your research. I'm not I am not saying yes to that when Laura is on this call. I know, but for example, I took the other extreme. I am the one that struggled and I'm so not over the fact that I was not able to breastfeed my child for a longer period exclusively. You know, I was yeah. I had to mix. I did the formula and the breastfeeding and a little bit of everything. Yeah. And just emotionally, it was very, very hard for me to accept the fact that my body was not performing to the expectation I had created in my mind. It's always your mind though. I mean, it's like... Yeah, so I think this is a very interesting topic for a lot of new moms, especially. Let's go into our motherish moments. Yes. Okay. (laughs) So my motherish moment of the week has to do, again, with Ford, my son, and his school routine. I know I've been (laughs) talking about this a lot, but every day and every week, there's something different that I have to deal with in the morning. So now he's into recognizing characters in his pajamas, right? Like before, I could just put anything on. He was a baby. Now he's almost two. And now he's very specific about the characters that he likes. My mother bought him this pajama with some excavators. He loves anything with construction and trucks. He happened to leave the pajama like by his crib in the morning and he saw them. And he just wanted to wear the pajama to school. Again, he doesn't know the difference, I'm sure. And it's not a big his deal. His friends at school also don't know the difference, I know. Pamela. I know, <laughs> I know. Like, but you wore your pajama to school. <laughs> like, again, these are like 18 months to like... 22 months. Yeah. You know, I don't want him to wear pajamas to school. Like, I like dressing him up. I like, he always looks like like a little prince, like impeccable. I was so tired and I was Brace so yourself. stressed. And I was like, you know, like you have to like choose your battles. And yeah. this morning I was just like, you know what, Ford, if you want to wear pajamas to school, go ahead. And he was like, like at this point he was like sobbing, like all his little boogies are coming out. He's like, do you want to ask Tire la excavadora? And she's like, yeah, yeah. You know, he says yeah instead of see. And I would be like, but how about this shirt? He's like, no, oh, no, no. 
doesn't like button downs anymore. Like every time I try to button down, he like rips it off. So it was one of those mornings where I'm like, you know what? Go ahead, put on your pajama top. I was able to negotiate into putting shorts, actual real shorts and not like pajama pants. It was a little bit of a win. And then I look him and walk away. I'm like, I become that mom. When you're just like, you know what? If you want to wear your pajama. There's nothing wrong with Go ahead. <laughs> My child goes to breakfast in pajamas that like when we go out Saturdays and Sundays, I don't even bother. I know, but I don't I'm want like, him to get used to that. I want him to be like, okay, we're going out. This is, and I try not, to explain to him like, it's a para dormir. He's to not, go to sleep. He's not going to go apply for a job one day in pajamas. I promise you. Okay. He's not. And okay. it's fine. Um, and if he does, he may get the job. <laughs> oh, good. Yes, because I'll be like that guy. So, okay, my mother's moment is around planning Victoria's third birthday party. So her third birthday party is around the corner. I feel like I was always like, this goes into the theme of like, you know, what you think, your expectations of what you think you're going to be as a mom and then like the reality of what you are. I thought I was going to be like, oh, just something simple, like to very chill. It doesn't matter, whatever. No, I have three documents where I have organized and hyperlinked information for her birthday party that I am planning. And like, I literally added my husband to the documents and he's like, what is wrong with you? Do you have too much time on your hands? And I'm like, I actually don't. I do this in the middle of the night. Like, he's like, what's wrong with you? And you're very, um, I like that you're very excited about I'm it. I'm so excited. Because if you weren't excited. enjoying the process and you were yeah. like, stressed about it, I'm, it's different. I but I feel like you actually like this. Totally. And I, I like planning events and parties and stuff. So I also feel like it's the last birthday party where I'm going to be able to kind of decide the theme. As it is, like, I'm pushing it, right? Like, I'm like, we're going to do, like, rainbow theme. And she's like, okay, sure. But I feel like next year, she's going to be like, no, this is what I want. Blah, 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 blah. That's how I feel about Halloween costumes. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So, I'm excited for her birthday party. It's going to be a rainbow theme party. And there's, like, a lot of stuff. I'm actually going to have two characters from Encanto there. Okay. And they're going to come and, like, perform and stuff. So, so this is, like, a, a pretty it's production. A, it's a, yeah. That's why there's three documents for it. Wow. <laughs> There's a spreadsheet. Wow. Now we're going to go ahead and ask Laura, who's our guest today, before we introduce her to share her motherish moment of the week. I, my youngest, had his first sleepover at our grandparents, at his grandparents. And he's two. And it's a big deal to allow a kid to go spend a night away from their parents, especially with our grandparents who were very, very excited. And the next day he comes back and they just looked exhausted. I mean, they were like, not quite sure if we're going to do this again. And I start to try and like investigate, like what was the issue? Like what broke down? Because he's, he's actually a pretty good kid. And my mother-in-law, she opened up, she's like, Laura, I mean, at breakfast, I just think he missed you guys so much and he couldn't sleep. And just at breakfast, like he just completely broke down in a way that I've never seen him on the floor, massive tantrum so upset and I was like that's not Owen like he doesn't do that I was like talk me through the environment like what happened she's like well we were making his breakfast and I got his banana and I was like hold on okay what happened to the banana she's like oh you know we opened the banana I was like did you cut the banana in half like did you did you cut it she's like yeah we did I was like oh no 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 you don't break the banana. So funny, you we talked about this one week. Banana. You not we, break we the feel banana. You. Yes. No. God forbid a banana breaks while you're peeling it. Throw it away. Oh. Make banana bread. You can't. <laughs> it's the end of the world. I was like, and did you get him another? She's like, we didn't know it was the banana. I was like, it was the banana. Trust me. You can take the kid again. He'll be fine. He's not a terror. <laughs> yeah. The translation and getting to know your child and the realizations of just like, what is a true tantrum versus just an absolute shit show of a breakdown. <laughs> <laughs> 
Lo mejor, lo más impactante está por venir en Tu vida es mi vida. De lunes a viernes a las 8 por Univisión. So welcome, Laura. Thank you so much for joining us. Her journey to beginning Bobby, which is her company, and she'll tell us more about it, which is the only female-founded and mom-led organic infant formula company in the U.S. Impressive. It's a quite personal journey for you, Laura. So why don't you tell us a little bit about like where did Bobby come from, the idea, and what, what happened to you on your personal journey for you to, to think of this? Well, I mean, look, I obviously don't ever grow up thinking I'm going to get into the world of powdered milk. I mean, like it's like the last thing as a child or whatever age you think this is a business I want to get into. So yeah, it's very personal. Um, before this, I was the director of hospitality at Airbnb. Came from the world of tech, always assumed I would stay in the world of tech. And I had my first kid, Mary. And I don't know what it is, maybe being Irish Catholic, I thought it's going to be easy. I'm going to breastfeed. My body's going to be fine. The skies are going to open up. It's going to be beautiful. Of course it is, because We are meant to do this. Like, that's what women are meant to do. And I'm like four or five days in and my nipples are bleeding. They're cracked, excruciatingly painful in a way that, again, as a woman, I don't know. I felt like I could take pain, just gone through labor. Like, I could get through this. So I'm powering through it to a point where it led to mastitis. Very common. We all know this. But I couldn't breastfeed. I had like a small moment where I could not get enough milk to be able to feed her. And all the emotions kept kind of going through me. The guilt, the embarrassment, the shame. Why is my body failing to feed my child? On top of the fact that now I have to give her a product that no one talks about. There's a lot of taboo. It's the kind of product when you go to the pharmacy, you want to put it in a bag and no one can see through it. It's kind of bring you back to like the, find the pregnancy together, test. Together with, like, exactly. Yeah. Tampons, pregnancy <laughs> test, and formula. <laughs> all together. Formula, pregnancy yeah. test. Yeah. Maybe condoms too, but yeah. it's like yeah, you're yeah. trying to figure it out. Like the whole way through the journey, it's embarrassing. You're like, I need to hide this. So I'm buying this product and it just felt disgusting. On top of the fact that I think like, Most food, you think, I'll just figure out how to do this, but I'm reading the instructions. I'm being very careful. I've never been trained on how to make a bottle for the first time. So every part of that experience just left such a lasting memory of this is wrong. It's a terrible experience, but also I feel terrible. And I mean, that was the impetus, all of that. I would say less about the product and more about the emotions, the deep emotions that came with having to feed her something that I wasn't proud of. It's funny. So my son was taken to the NICU a day into his birth. And I remember the day that the nurse came over for me to sign away permission for them to give him formula while I was away from him. And I remember hesitating so much, but like, but why? But I'm pulling on my colossal. Like, it's enough. You know, my, my, you know, my breastfeeding coach told me, do not. It was like this big thing. No matter what, do not give the formula. Do not give them permission. Do, it was like, and I'm here signing like, I don't know. It was like the oh. episode like Ariel from Little Mermaid. When she signs away, like take away. Like I'm negotiating with like the devil. It was like, oh. And I remember feeling so guilty because for me, that was the beginning of the end. Like for me, I have been wired to think once you start formula, that's it. You're putting like, it's going to be harder for you to like, to stimulate yourself and kind of generate that milk. But I'm interested to see like, what is it? And again, I, I was so naive. 
safe in terms of like ingredients to look out for and I didn't know any better. So I kind of much signed away and I accepted the formula that the hospital was going to give him. What are some ingredients, Laura, and I think for any moms that concerned you and should be on the lookout for? You know, because I have no idea. Like what are the key maybe ingredients that are like no-nos and why? Okay. I mean, the first one, which is very obvious. We all know the ingredient, but maybe not clear on why we shouldn't be feeding it to a child is just corn syrup. So over 50% of infant formula on the market. I'm just, I'm like, yes. I mean, he's out of formula now. Calm down. <laughs> Calm down. He's fine. He's totally fine. Actually, I do need to like speak to that for a moment. It doesn't matter what your child ate. At the end of the day, the product, regardless of the ingredients in it, have to match the nutrients of breast milk. So your child has the same chance to go to an Ivy League as another kid. Do not worry. No mother watching this should worry if they fed their kids a product of corn syrup ever. But at the end of the day, we should be able to offer options where it doesn't have corn syrup in it. And I'm reading this first ingredient and it's high fructose corn syrup. I'm like, that's odd. Even as a layman foodie myself, I wouldn't give this to myself. Yeah. So why am I giving it to a child that's, that's a week old? And you're doing it, what, seven, eight times a day, you're making this bottle. So you begin questioning, like, is there something with better ingredients out there? And what was challenging was most U.S. products were actually pretty much the same. So I don't know if you heard about this, but there was this underground, actually there still is, black market for European infant formula. Karen, I love I was part of it, yes. <laughs> yeah, I actually, I had a, not the same moment because my daughter didn't have to go to the NICU, but while we were at the hospital, I was having difficulties, like literally nothing was coming out. And I think by day three, I was at the hospital for five days. Day three, I was already completely like wounded, let's just say, by the experience. And she was losing too much weight to the point where they made us stay an extra day because they were concerned of how quickly she was losing weight. I don't know if maybe this comes from, so I also work in tech, I work at Meta. And there, when I was getting ready to go on maternity leave, there were all these like internal like groups or whatever of moms at Meta. Back then it was like Facebook, right? So where they're talking about like this formula and don't give them this and don't give them that. And like, you know, it's a place full of overachiever, lots of Ivy League people. Yeah. So I was like, okay, like informing myself. And I started reading about all the ingredients around you know, American formulas and the FDA, their yep. qualifications for organic versus the European qualifications for organic. And I freaked out. So I bought a box of a European formula and I had it at home and I took it with me to the hospital just in case. And at the hospital, wow. they're like, we can't give your child anything that you bring. It has to be this, you know, Right. whatever formula and I was like no and at that point like it was like give her formula or nothing like this is bad this is a, a situation and so I remember like watching them give them the regular formula that they had here with my little box of European formula from black market and being like no but I ended up wow. going that route anyway afterwards so I did um supplementing with the oh. European formulas while pumping for six months and there were just which I, it, I remember you tell me which back thing was a little bit of a challenge to even get right because oh, they would come in late it was, it was a shipping, constant like, thing of trying to find a provider that had the one that I want because I would get the hypoallergenic version for her because she had like digestive yeah. complications and it was like DHL is late where's my package I mean it was kind of like an underground mafia situation what? to find someone who can sell me what I needed 
before I would run out or if I went on a trip, I needed to take more with me. It was rough. And it was because I read about different things that I, specifically corn syrup, that I didn't feel comfortable. And I remember my husband being like, I mean, sure, like she's our only child. So he's like, I don't know what the big deal is. I'm sure she's going to be fine. And he's like, eventually she's going to have a happy meal. And I'm like, I know, I know, but not right now. I don't want to give her a happy meal right now. Lo mejor, lo más impactante está por venir en Tu vida es mi vida. De lunes a viernes a las 8 por Univision. What was the biggest surprise for you, Laura, when you started researching it and seeing the lack of, I guess, options that you were comfortable with? And yeah. why did you decide that, you know what, let me go ahead and start my own formula company? Well, okay, so there's obviously the personal emotional side of just like, why isn't there better product? I need to get it. But then there was also just the business side of me where I'm looking at this going, the same brands that I won't even name who they are, are the same brands that we ourselves as kids had. There's very few industries when you look around and you're going, the same products, the same brands that I'm giving to my child today existed 40 years ago. Like, and especially in the world of food, science has come a long way. So why is it that we're still staring at exactly the same options? And you start to look into it and you're saying, okay, well, infant formula is heavily regulated, mm. as it should be, right? It's yeah. an immense amount of safety. It's the sole nutrition for your child. So it needs an immense amount of safety. But because of that, you can't just make infant formula at home and, you know, go to a farmer's market and begin selling it. <laughs> it requires years of both capital and time mm -hmm. to be able to get it launched. And I don't know, I think the business person in me was excited about the challenge to get it and knowing that once we were in the market, we were in. And it wasn't something that anyone could just, you know, whip up and do. So I enjoyed the challenge. But more importantly, I also realized this is such an important product to change that if we don't do it, like it might be another decade before we see something entering the market. So, and the other like this thing that I don't often tell people is I was also pregnant with my second child when <laughs> I decided to do this. So I remember turning to my husband and saying, I'm going to have another product out before this child comes. And he's like, yeah, you go get it. And, you know, eight months go by and I'm like, yeah, I need another year. <laughs> like, oh, we could just have another child. And we just like, <laughs> and that's exactly what we did. So I had another <laughs> child after that. So two kids during this time of building and researching and finding supply chains that I was proud of and then getting obviously the FDA stamp of approval. It took over three and a half years. Wow. wow. Yeah. Another two kids. And we finally launched into the market last year. That's incredible. And I mean, I wouldn't even know. I admire this so much because I had a thought, like when I was realizing how many people were going after, I mean, the amount of Facebook groups alone that are like European formula exchange, basically, like where people are selling it to each other. And it, and then, you know, there were definitely moments where I was really nervous, like, okay, this is not approved by the FDA. Like, am I making the right choice here by doing this? And I'm like, but who is the FDA? Like, am I just saying that because I think like the amount of like self-doubt, but it's incredible and admirable to see you take that and turn that into something so big like this. I mean, I, from a professional standpoint, like really admire that because I like barely could get back to my actual job after having a child. So I can't even imagine like becoming basically an entrepreneur. It's really awesome. It was exhausting. I would never pretend it wasn't. It was. <laughs> 
an absolute roller coaster. But you know, the um, like I said at the beginning, like the product is one thing, but it's this shame, it's this guilt and embarrassment about like having to turn to infant formula or not being able to breastfeed. Yeah, the pressure to breastfeed is so high, and it doesn't match the reality of. 83% of the country who at one point are going to turn to formula. It doesn't feel like that. Today mm-hmm. it feels like everyone around me is breastfeeding. Yes. No one else. Oh yes. yes. Oh yes. yes. When I was preparing for the interview, Laura, this is a very powerful, it might be old, but it's on your Instagram, the actually Bobby's Instagram page and it's this ad where it starts with the noise of a baby. You think he's like sucking on a boob. And I, I forgot the name of it, but you described as the noise and it's a specific name to it and uh-huh. it's like And then at the end, you realize he's actually sucking from a bottle and he's saying like the noise your baby makes when he's being nourished is the same, whether it's from your boob or from the bottle. (laughs) It was so powerful because it's true. Like we put so much pressure into the not breastfeeding or breastfeeding. But in reality, it's like, are we really just nourishing and providing the best that we can for a baby? Mm-hmm. That baby is my youngest. Oh, and that was me. And it was three in the morning while I was feeding him a bottle, listening to that noise, realizing like... This is beautiful. Like it is exactly the same noise of when I breastfed him yesterday. It's exactly the same. That draws a lot of tears and it's just a reminder that it's just a different way of feeding, but it's all the same. Your baby is absolutely still getting nourished. You're still bonding, which is the other big myth that exists. Yes. If you breastfeed, you don't bond. What is that? No. Yeah. I mean, no. Look at how parenthood has evolved between surrogacy, adoption, double mastectomy, same sex. I mean, like, are we saying that they're not bonding? Right. Like, highly unfair. It's just not the case at all. You can bond beautifully with a child that you are bottle feeding. Mm-hmm. There's a few things in the narrative that we absolutely must change for the next generation of parents. 100%. I think it's important to reiterate that also for anyone that might be listening or watching this episode and feeling like feeling inadequate because I feel like the first thing most moms feel at some point of gaining new information I mean at least that's my personal perspective I tend to like go into a moment of questioning and feeling like am I doing the right thing is this right but I think at the end of the day like we are all doing the very best we can with the information that we have and that to me is the bar of being a good mother right? Like, did you do the best you can with the information that you have at the moment? That's all. That is the best you can do. And that has nothing to do with what anyone else is doing or what they could or couldn't do. I definitely also, like similar to both of you, like assumed that breastfeeding was going to be the most natural, normal thing. And my mom was terrified of breastfeeding. So she chose not to do it from day one with with me and my brother. Yeah, because Apparently her mom, my grandmother, was very easy to breastfeed. She had like six children. I think she was breastfeeding for years like of her life. And I mean, this is kind of crazy, but like this was in Peru in a different completely time. But there were other children that were not hers that needed to be fed. And like she also was able to feed them. What a legend. Yes, like, yes. The wet nurse era like yeah, existed. Totally. And my other grandma also like had like so much milk and blah, blah, blah. So I assumed I was like, I got it in the bag. This is going to be great. Like, it's no problem. And it wasn't like that at all to the point where I got the pump from the insurance, but I never even opened it. I never I was like, I'm not going to need that. And then, you know, five days later, finally at home, I looked at that box of the pump and I was like, all right, time to watch a YouTube video and figure out what this is about, because like I didn't want to give up, you know. 
Yeah, and then I was like nervous about transitioning her so early on from like the formula they gave her at the hospital to the formula that I had at home and like crying about it with her pediatrician. And the pediatrician was like, reel it in. You're fine. Yeah. It's fine. I mean, it's going to be fine. Parenthood is complicated. Like feeding your child should not be. It's the last thing that we should be putting on people from the pressure and the assumptions for how something should work on top of like, you have to choose this product versus that product. Yeah. Just feed your baby and like move away from the feeling of comparison to like one of just people being more confident. I mean, I think now in retrospect, all of us who have been through that season and in a successful way, right? Because our babies are healthy and they're doing fine is easier said. But I do remember it. I may be so fresh in my mind. And for those mommies who are listening now who are probably going through that process, it's okay if you feel like that guilt. It's normal, you know, because don't also be like, but you know, I can't just get over it. I can't let it go. It's fine because there's so much expectation and so many visions and dreams that you build around that moment of like breastfeeding your child and it has to do a lot with culture and religion and like upbringing you know I remember someone gifted me once when they thought I was trying to get pregnant a while ago a Madonna like a virgin Mary holding a baby and it had a breast with a milk right I mean I don't know what virgin this is it was very specific you like pray to this you know whatever and I was like okay great thank you (laughs) and it was just like that image of virgin Mary holding baby Jesus breastfeeding thing that it was like so engraved in my mind as like the ultimate example of like what the mother should look like you know and I think culture and religion and our backgrounds and even our own upbringings have so much to do with how our expectations yeah so in retrospect even when I would listen to people say hey it's normal if you can it's okay in my mind I just never thought I was gonna fall into that Also the pressure of the pandemic, like I wouldn't even, I had Victoria, so my whole thing with her was before this, but like, I can't even imagine if I had a child in, I don't know, mid 2020 and freaking out about like, you know, the whole immunity and what you can give them through your breast milk. I would have been like, this has to work. Like, Yeah. You had that experience. I had had three kids. The first one obviously was the inspiration behind Bobby, mastitis, and just the realization that I actually didn't know how to breastfeed and did a lot of supplementing. Second kid, I breastfed perfectly. He was, he latched amazingly. I actually enjoyed it. It was early on in the building of Bobby. So I had kind of that flexibility as well um, that I probably didn't have in an executive role at a tech company. Mm -hmm. And watching the difference between those two was also a realization that every mother's different, but also every child you have is also very different as well. And then the third child was right in the middle of the pandemic with two toddlers at home. I'm about to get like FDA approval for the product. And I came home with like a newborn and two toddlers. I was like, yeah, no, like I need to supplement. I need something to support the 35 hours a week it takes to breastfeed. Yeah. So every situation was just so different and everyone came with emotions. And I think to your point, Pamela, like it's you go through emotions and it doesn't mean that then all of a sudden for your second one, it's going to disappear or your third one. It's a different emotional roller coaster. And I love that like line too, we're just realizing it's normal, knowing another few hundred thousand women are going through the exact same emotions. Even if you do feel bad about it, you're not alone. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly how I felt for all three. 
And I still feel guilty that my middle child got to breastfeed longer than the others. And you start to watch differences and thinking, hmm, is it was because that? Of that? No. But you know what also what surprised me too during that process? It was like a whisper conversation. Like, well, how long did you breastfeed for? And then you'd be like, oh, I don't know, like four months? And they're like, okay, yeah, me too, only four months. Or like, oh, you know, it was always like you were waiting to see what the other mom, I had a mid-pandemic baby too. He was April 2020. So we built a big digital, I think, community through like what's up and through the messages and through the podcast and for some reason the breastfeeding was always like um let me wait until you tell me you know what I mean like I feel like always. they could always. be a lot more support in admitting yeah. like hey listen I I, I couldn't like, I, I can't. think it's similar or, to like how did you give birth did you have yes. a natural birth did you have a home birth did you have a c-section know, I'm like, still struggling with that one. no <laughs> we always joke as well where it's like that conversation you're saying where it's usually like are you breastfeeding yeah yeah I'm breastfeeding yeah me too me too but I'm using you know just one yeah. bottle like, oh yeah yeah <laughs> it's like you know, and then sometimes I also give a bottle in the morning. Oh, yeah, 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 me too, me too. It's like you kind of, that courage you build to realize you're totally right. Like, what does it mean to open up and actually say, like, I am using a supplement. I am giving an alternative. It's like TV. I don't let my kid watch TV, but I kind of do on Friday nights and Saturday nights. <laughs> what has been the most rewarding part for you, Laura, uh, now that, you know, Bobby is up and going, is doing so well. What have you learned the most and has found the most rewarding, you know, the yeah. building and making of this company? I think it's back knowing, yes, we're nourishing babies, but the most rewarding has been what we're doing to support moms. It is every day we are receiving love letters and it's sometimes unrelated to the product. And it's just, you helped me get through one of the hardest, most vulnerable, most exhausting moments of my life. I needed this community. I needed your voice. I needed someone bold to say other people are doing it. We receive letters where people have graduated from using Bobby for a full year. And it's just as emotional to go in and graduate from using the product as well. And you're leaving a community. You're leaving a moment that, again, was one of the most vulnerable moments that you've ever been through. So, yeah. Wow. Helping, helping moms through a tough time. I'm curious from a business perspective, why the subscription program like, or the format? Why does that work better for moms? A formula is one of those products that once you start, you kind of got to keep going. It has like a level of stickiness and addictiveness that, you know, your child needs to keep on the product. You can't just decide, you know, I'm not going to do it next month. Your supply drops, you need to continue on with formula. So I think there's very few products out there that make as much sense. Maybe wine, wine and, you know. I subscribe to wine. (laughs) I love every too. I mean, for me, the the toys. The toys are amazing as well because you're thinking of stages and you don't want to go thought process of it. And you don't need to shop for infant form. You don't need to go out and say, what color or size am I looking for? It's like, you just need it when you need it. So we've seen over 20% increase in people turning online to buy infant formula and get it when they need it, where they need it. And during the pandemic, one in five of our subscribers have been moving location. Wow. So, you know, you also want to know that the formula that you have your child on, you can just go in and edit your address and you can get it wherever you're moving to. So it works. It works. But we will be on shelves pretty soon. I was going to ask, what are your future, you know, dreams and hopes for Bobby? 
Honestly, staying focused in the world of infant formula is a pretty big one. It takes a lot of rigor and quality and safety to be amazing at what we do. And I think the dream of becoming that infant formula company that people can turn to and like fully trust, but have options for those that are protein tolerant, lactose intolerant, and to just be able to expand our product line. Yeah. And I do hope that we can look back in like five or 10 years and say the stigma associated with how you feed your child is just eliminated. And there's no such thing as a black market where people are turning <laughs> it is a scary place. underground <laughs> yeah. and exchanging credit card details online. Like, no. And I have to I have to also add, actually, this week specifically. So I'm a news anchor and I'm obviously, you know, we co-host this podcast. So in that right way, I feel like all three of us have a huge responsibility because we have somehow become like a platform where moms come to us. So this week specifically with the formula recall, I got literally like, four text messages one of specifically she was crying one of the actually the one of the anchors at my network saying i can't get a hold of my doctor my formula is one of the formulas you just announced in the newscast like what do i do i don't know what she didn't know what other formula she could give the baby she's like i don't know about brands i don't know what to do like i'm googling i'm like overwhelmed with information and the fact that she came to me i was like listen Francisca, i am not a doctor i am not an expert i could text my doctor and see what she recommends so i feel like all of us also have a responsibility to kind of share information that we feel comfortable feeding. I would say if I could feed it to my baby, I'm okay with you thinking that it's okay to feed your baby, you know? But again, um, I mean, that's scary. It is one of those things as well. When something happens in the industry, it is scary. You're feeding this to your child. It could be a product they're using, a product they're consuming. And if there's a safety issue with it, you need information and you're totally right. It doesn't matter if you're a doctor, people will turn to their community, they'll turn to experts and they want to know that it's gonna be okay. And it is going to be okay. There is other options and your baby can easily transition to another product, Bobby. (laughs) Online. (laughs) But it is, I think like, it is scary when things like that happen. And it is really, really important that we can open up as a community and say it's going to be okay. Thank you so much, Laura. It was awesome to have this conversation with you. And I think our listeners are definitely going to learn a lot from it. And there's also pregnant mamas that listen and Maybe there'll be future Bobby purchasers for you. Well, thank you so much, Laura. Thank you. Love each other, ladies. Likewise. Bye. Esto solo es el principio. Porque lo mejor. Esto no se va a quedar así. Lo más impactante. ¿Por qué? Soy tu madre. Esta mujer me robó. Por favor, abre tus ojos. Está por venir en... ¿Entendiste? Tu vida es mi vida. De lunes a viernes a las 8 por Univisión. Y eso sí que amerita un brindis, ¿no crees?